get into the furniture department, one of my first tasks as a furniture pad employee was to put together a desk. I was like, all right, this is a manly job right here. I'm going to put something together. I'm going to build something today. You know, I felt excited about that, so I opened up the box, and I pulled out all the pieces, and I pulled out the instruction manual, and I set that aside, and I pulled out the tools, and I started to put the desk together. And I, most of the time, you build the desk with, like, the top of the desk on the floor, and then you build the legs up, and at the end, you flip the thing over. That's how this desk was being built. So I did all of that, and I flipped the desk over, and I noticed that there were a few extra pieces laying on the side. And I thought to myself, isn't that so nice that this desk company decides to include some extra pieces? Just in case you lose them, they're there for you. And I put the desk over, and I place my hand around, and guys, I'm feeling so proud of myself here, right? Like, this is way better than what I was doing last week. And I put my hand on the desk, and it goes like this, squeaky, squeaky, and it's kind of got this motion to it. And I thought that's probably not like a special feature on the desk, that it's got like the ocean tide feature that just waves back and forth with the tide. That's probably not what's going on. I think to myself, man, what a terrible product they've put on the floor. I can't sell this to any customers. And so we bring over the other employees, you know, the guys who have been there for a while. And I said, we can't sell this product. Look at, look at how low quality this thing is. And, and they start looking at it, and they place their hand on it and goes, squeak, squeak. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. We can't sell that product. You know, the truth is that it wasn't a low-quality product. Those pieces on the floor were not extra pieces out of the kindness of their heart. I didn't put it together correctly because I didn't really pay attention to the instructions. Life is like building a desk. It can be fun and it can be challenging. It can be something that you love to do and you have this sense of accomplishment, or it can be challenging and confusing, and you're not sure that it's able to support what it was made to do in the first place. You place your hand on it, and it goes squeak, 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 and it flows around. You know, we hear the voice of God through His Word. The book of Psalms says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And if you ignore the instructions to life, if you ignore the instructions to life, don't be surprised when it's got a little bit of a squeak. When we ignore the instructions to life, let's not be too surprised where it seems like it can't handle the job it was set to do. You know, I remember after I had built this thing, that coming back to the instruction manual and looking for like a 1-800 number on it. And I just thought, man, wouldn't it be amazing if somebody could speak into this situation right now? That if there was just somebody on the other end of the phone line that would say to me, that would talk through this process and explain how the instructions work. God's Word isn't just an instruction manual. It is His living and active voice. And if you want to hear the voice of God in your life, you need to read His Word with consistency, intentionality, and strategy. And I want to talk about that this morning. We're going to break that down and how we do that, and we're going to get super practical in terms of how we do that this morning. But first, can we read together from the book of Joshua in chapter 1, 
verses 7 to 9. I'll give you a moment if you'd like to open up your Bible or turn on your Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 to 9. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you need more time, say, ah! Okay. The words are up on the screen for your viewing pleasure if you do not have a Bible with you. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So here's what's happening in this verse of Scripture. God is speaking to Joshua, and Joshua is in a time of transition. You see, the ministry of Moses has just come to an end. Moses has just passed away, and Moses was Joshua's mentor. Joshua is about to step into this place of leadership, assuming the shoes that Moses was wearing, and God is speaking directly to him, and he's leaving him some instructions. Now, you'll notice that the instructions that are left for him in this portion of Scripture are not what you're to go and tell the Israelites. They are direct instructions for Joshua as an individual and as a leader. And he says, if you were to do these things, you will have success. So what exactly does God ask Joshua to do? To keep this book of the law on your lips, to meditate on it daily and nightly, Do what it says, and then you will be successful. I'd like to take a look at verse 8 specifically and break it down a little bit about what some of these words mean. This book of the law. Now, when we think about this, we think about the Word of God, and that's not inaccurate. However, we have to remember that Moses and Joshua did not have the entirety of Scripture. Moses and Joshua time was long before the New Testament, and so when Moses, when God tells Joshua to keep the book of the law on his lips, he's referring to what most people think are a portion of the Old Testament that Moses had written down before his death, and most of that is found in the book of Deuteronomy. A portion of Deuteronomy. Now, Moses instructed the Levites to leave this book of the law, the things that God specifically spoke into Moses for him to communicate to the Israelite nation. He instructed the Levites to leave that book of the law with the Ark of the Covenant as a witness against Israel. See, he believed, Moses believed, that the Israelite people were going to be disobedient. And so their job was to leave the the book of the law beside the manifest presence of God as a witness against them. So God speaks to Joshua in this time of transition, and he challenges Joshua, so to speak, to uh, prove Moses wrong. He says, don't ignore the law, but rather engage it. 
Let it always be on your lips. It's to be read aloud. It's to be talked about. It's to shape our words. It's something that we need to read privately and share in community. And he says, and then you will be prosperous and successful. This is a conditional promise that God makes to Joshua. You know, we can frame this two ways. You can choose to look at this promise in two frames of light. Number one, you could say that, oh man, that God, he's withholding. If we don't do exactly what he says, if we do, do, don't do it his way, he will never let somebody succeed. That's one way of looking at it, and some people choose to look at it in that capacity. However, there's a second way of looking at it. We can frame it in a different sort of way, that Father God, the creator of the universe who made us and knit us together in our mother's wombs, who knows us better than we know ourselves and is beyond time, who can see the whole perspective. Have you ever gone hiking, found yourself on the top of a mountain, and saw that you could see more from that top perspective than you could when you were at the bottom of the mountain? God is beyond. He's got the perspective where he can see all beyond just what we can see. And he says, I see it all and I love you so much. And because I love you and because I see it, if you want to be successful, follow the instructions that I've left for you. The picture that we get here is of this intense study. Daily and nightly refers, it's this Hebrew expression meaning always, to always pour ourselves over the Word of God, to read it, to think about it, to talk about, and to do it. Now, I know that when we read this portion of Scripture, that God is talking specifically about a portion of it. But as we read through the rest of the Bible, we will see again and again and again the theme of pouring ourselves over the entirety of Scripture. And I am entirely convinced that if Joshua had the entirety of Scripture, that God would have encouraged him to consume all of it. In other words, this picture that we have of pouring over the Word of God, if we want to be successful, we need to pour over the Word of God. This picture that we have, you know what it tells us? It tells us that reading the daily Bible verse through your Bible app does not line up with the picture that God gives us of pouring over the Word of God. Now, I have the YouVersion Bible app on my phone, and it's a great thing. Right? As soon as I turn on my phone, one of the first things I see is the daily Bible verse. And I think that's great, that it's around me all the time. It's in my pocket. I get to walk with it. I get to dwell on it. I get to think about what the Word of God says. However, sometimes, some of us, not all of us, some of us will take just that little portion and say, man, my Bible reading is done for the day right? Don't we? We have this attitude with this question of how little do I need in order to get what I want? How little do I need to consume in order to experience that success? And really, I don't think that should be the question, but rather the question needs to be how much can I get? How much of God's Word can He place inside of me? How much further revelation and power and transformation can I experience? We have to shift our minds from this perspective of how little to how much. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I just want to mention this briefly, that sometimes it's been my experience that as God speaks to you through His Word or through other capacities, but He speaks to you through His Word, sometimes it feels like there are moments of silence. 
And often when I look at those moments of silence in my own life, I realize that it's because God has already spoken to me and I wasn't an obedient in the things that he said. So this is not our Father in Heaven throwing a hissy fit that Pastor Kyle didn't do what I asked him to do, but rather he's reminding me that I've already spoken into you your next step. I've already spoken the truth into you that you need to follow and pursue and do. And sometimes the reason that there's that hesitation in our life, it's because it's new. It's because it's different. It's because it's something that we're not used to. Maybe it's because it's something that's scary. And God says, be strong and courageous. Courage is not the lack of fear. It's the choice to act in spite of it. God says, be strong and courageous. We need to respond to the words that God speaks to us in our life. If I were to bring you out for a cup of coffee and ask you the question, what is the last thing that God said to you? And did you do it? I think for some of us in the room, that would be an exhilarating question to answer. Man, it's so exciting to share what God is doing in my life. And for some of us, that would be a little bit of a scary, unsettling question. Because when we are honest with ourselves, we're not all mirrors of this picture that God has painted for us about consuming His Word in order to hear His voice. So what do we need to know this morning? That we hear the voice of God through His Word. And we need to know that because each of us has experienced some sort of loss. Each of us has experienced some sort of trouble or question, some sort of not knowing what to do next, that metaphor of the desk that just squeaks, and you wish that somebody would speak into that situation. Well, God will, and He wants to. So we need to know that He will speak to us through His Word. So what do we need to do about it? We need to develop a plan and read it. Because God promises that when we read his word with strategy, with consistency and intentionality, that we will hear his voice and he will speak into those areas of our life. So there's just a few tips. Maybe we'd call them tips this morning. What I suggest that we would do and, and maybe not do as we approach the word of God. And the first, the first tip that I have for you really is a caution. And it's this, avoid the random method. I don't know if anybody in the room has ever had some sort of issue or question, and they open up their Bible, and they place their finger on the page, and they look down and they read what it says. I'm going to be honest, you know, as a younger Christian, that is certainly something that I did. And I'm not saying that God doesn't speak to us in that way, but I am saying that we need to be cautious because it can lead to some confusion. All right. Um, there's this story that I heard, and, and I hope it's a made-up story, but there's a man who was carrying something in life. He had these questions, and he approached the Lord with them, and he opened his Bible, and he did the finger-on-the-page method, and, uh, and here's what he read first. Judas went and hanged himself. So he closed the book, and he opened it again. He placed his finger down, and it says, "'Go and do likewise.'" So he's starting to sweat a little bit, right? And, and so he said, it's okay. It might, it might just be a fluke. I believe that the Lord confirms things in threes. And so he closes the book. He opens it one more time. He puts his finger down and says, what you're about to do, do quickly. <laughs> Look, the random finger on the page method, it can just, it can just cause some confusion. 
And so I want to recommend to you a few strategies that we can place, a few thoughts, some truths that we need to understand how we walk this out so that we can hear His voice through His Word. Number one, we need to understand that God and His Word is eternal. The book of Psalms says that God is timeless, that He is from everlasting to everlasting. And what that means is that what God spoke 3,000 years ago is still true today that God is still speaking to mankind, that the Holy Spirit can take this ancient passage and use it to speak to us about a particular personal matter. God is timeless, eternal, and He can use His Word to speak to our situation. The second thing we need to do is apply the context. We need to have some sound interpreting strategies to apply the historical and, con- uh, and conte- contextual uh, historical context. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, in the ancient days, an Israelite man whose uh, brother died, he was required to marry his brother's widow and have children with her. That's God's civil law that He no longer requires us to follow. So we can't open up to that verse of Scripture and say, see, this is what God is telling me to do. Now, that's God's civil law. It helped shape and guide the Israelites' culture back then, but He doesn't hold us to the same today. So we need to take into account the context, the historical and the cultural context, and also know that the Holy Spirit will give us a word from His living and active word as He so chooses. So we can say, yes, here's the context of the passage, and here's what I believe Holy Spirit is speaking to me through that. Now, why do we need to do that? Because the Word of God is both literal and metaphoric at the same time. Let's think about it this way. The story of Jesus turning water into wine. If you're reading in the book of John, his first miracle, Jesus turns water into wine. Now, that is something that literally happened. But I would doubt that the literal application for you and your life is to go to a wedding next weekend and turn water into wine. So we have an event that literally happened, yet the application in your life may not be literal, but rather the belief that Jesus still does miracles today, or that Jesus can take these old, dead, religious artifacts and breathe new life into them. So how do we hear His voice? Through Scripture, taking into account the context and the reality that the Holy Spirit moves in our life. We need to enter God's presence. Now I know God is omnipresent. That means He is everywhere all the time. You literally cannot go somewhere that God is not. But there is this deeper level of awareness of God's presence that we're talking about, and the Bible talks about that as well. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. In other words, we need to develop a deliberate awareness of the reality and nearness of the presence of God. You know, I really like Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and and what it says to us because it gives us this picture of how we approach God in prayer and open up the Word of God. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. First, we praise. First, we say thank you. First, we worship. And second, 
we let our requests be known to God. God is inviting us, after we begin in worship, to let Him know about those things that we're carrying, those challenges that we're having, those questions that we don't have answers to. He's saying, you know, that issue that you have in your marriage and you feel totally lost about it? I want you to tell me about it. And I want to speak to you in that area of your life. That job issue that you don't know how to handle, I want you to bring that to me. And when you do that, you become aware of His presence. And you'll sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not, it is a subjective experience, but it's real. And when you sense His presence, you begin to experience Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, that says that we experience the peace of God that transcends understanding. In spite of that marriage issue, and it makes absolutely no sense that I'd be at peace in this moment, I sense that I am at peace in spite of all that surrounds me right now. Now, at this point, we're going to open up our Bible, and we are going to read in earnest. And this is most likely the time that we will hear the voice of God. So when we open up our Bible, where do we open to? We need to read in a logical place. Now, some people use like a daily Bible reading plan, and I think that's a good idea. I'm not against them. I have a bit of a daily Bible reading plan. I read a proverb every day, and I have a devotional that I go through. I try to spend some time in the Old Testament, and then I take a um, a narrative from the life of Jesus, and I dwell on it until I can taste it, I can hear it, I can feel it, I can smell it when I feel like I'm inside of it. And it's just been such a rich practice. And so I am not against a, a daily Bible reading plan. However, I would suggest to you that in this moment of earnestly being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, that we also ask Him, where would you like me to read today? And he will respond. And he may lay a book or a scripture or the name of a character that you will find in the Bible, in your mind, on your heart. And I suggest that you turn there. And sometimes it will have a literal application for exactly what you're going through. And other times there will be principles that you can apply to the things that you are walking through in your life. So let's take a look at an example. Perhaps you are struggling with discontentment because at your job, you continually are being passed up for promotions while all of the people around you are being promoted. And you're feeling pretty alone. You're feeling rejected. You're feeling like they're not seeing the potential that is inside of you and that you are on your own. And so you begin to pray. You thank the Lord and you come into his presence and you say, God, I'm just feeling so discouraged by this situation at work. And you know the Holy Spirit is responding. And you say, is there somewhere that you would like me to read? And he tells you, read the life of Joseph. So you open up your Bible. You open up to Genesis and you find the life of Joseph. And you, and you read that, that Joseph has this incredible leadership potential that's been placed inside of him. That there's this mantle that he will step into that, that, that has been placed inside of him as a young child, yet it, all around him, people are rejecting him. His brothers sell him into slavery. He gets imprisoned for a crime that he doesn't commit. He gets forgotten about in prison. And you begin to ask the Lord. You see these parallels between your life and their life, and you begin to ask the Lord, what is the word in this for me? It begins to encourage you that Joseph still had that leadership potential. And in spite of the people around him forgetting about it, God says to you that he hasn't forgotten about Joseph and he hasn't forgotten about you. 
And in the meantime, in every single context that Joseph finds himself, he serves with excellence. And Holy Spirit speaks into your life that you are to serve with excellence wherever he has placed you for the moment, but he hasn't forgotten about the call that he's placed on your life and that potential that he has already put inside of you. Finally, I want to suggest to you to just give it some time. Just give it some time. Look, I don't want to be legalistic about time requirements, that you need to spend at least 15 minutes a day doing this, or half an hour, or an hour. I don't want to get into this, you know, kind of legalist rule mindset, but the truth is, we live in this culture that's go, 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 go. And often, I hear this this cry from people that, man, I just wish God would speak to me about this issue, and then as soon as the conversation's done, they get up and they go on and they move to the next thing. So I'd just like everybody for one moment, would you raise your right hand, please? Would you serve your Lord Jesus in that capacity? Thank you. Now, put it on your chest, kind of like you're grabbing something, and now rip it off. That, my friends, was your busy badge, all right? We took off our busy badges. And I'm just encouraging you this morning not to make this about a certain number, a certain amount of time, but rather just give it the time that it needs. And when you have an issue, when you have a question, a concern, something that you need the Lord to speak into in your life, just set aside the time that you need. And maybe that's going to be 20 minutes, and maybe it's going to be a weekend retreat. I don't know. But we do know that we hear the voice of the Lord through His Word, and that if we are going to hear that effectively and consistently, that we need to pour into it, just like God instructed Joshua to pour over the Word daily and nightly. You know, I want to tell you a story about six years ago, I was a youth pastor, and I brought our students to a theme park in Ohio. We went to Cedar Point. Has anybody here ever been to Cedar Point? heard of Cedar Point, yes? Okay, it's a big, kind of like Wonderland, but bigger, right? So we drive down, and uh, you know, it was a great weekend, and as we're approaching uh, Cedar Point, uh, I just, there was somebody who cut us off, and I had to hit the brakes hard, and I, you know, we were safe, we were okay, but I just felt the brakes become a little spongy, and as I hit the brakes, it just, as we got closer and closer and closer to the park, we were really close, but I felt like this, something is wrong, and these warning lights started coming on. So we looked in the manual, and it said, if this warning light is on, you should not operate the vehicle. So we get to Cedar Point, and I say, okay, kids, you go inside, you hang out for the day, I'm going to get the van sorted out, and then we'll move on at the end of the day. Well, it's Saturday morning in Sandusky, Ohio, and do you know how many mechanics are open on Saturday morning in Sandusky, Ohio? Yeah, about that many. That's right. That's right. Not many at all. So finally, we find somebody who's going to come and pick up the van and take a look at it. Now, the only way for me to contact this mechanic is through the one landline that they have available for guests at Cedar Point, because there's so many people that their cell tower is overloaded. So for all morning, I'm standing by the landline calling every half hour. Have you figured it out? Have you figured it out? Have you figured it out? He says, yes, but we don't have the parts to fix it. And I said, well, you need the parts to fix it. He said, it's Saturday. Everybody's closed. We don't have them. I said, sir, I am responsible for 10 minors. 
and I am in a foreign country. We need to fix that vehicle. I don't even have a means to communicate with their parents to tell them that we might not be home tomorrow. This is a bad situation. Finally, he figures out how to do it. He gets the parts. And I say, great. I'm going to come on over. I'm going to get a cab. I'm going to get a ride all the way to your shop. I'm going to come pick up the van. Well, I go to the front desk and I say, you know, is there a shuttle that runs? Because I saw shuttles running earlier in the day and they said, no, that only runs during peak time. We don't have any shuttles right now. I said, okay, well, uh, can you call me a cab? And they said, well, cabs don't pick people up over here. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, you have to pay at the gate before you get to here. And so some people have, like, stiffed their cabs. And so cab drivers refuse to come down the highway here to pick people up. And I was like, well, uh, uh, how long is it going to take me to walk? Oh, you can't walk, sir. What do you mean I can't walk? It's illegal. That's a freeway. You can't walk down that. You'll be arrested. They're like, well, speaking of being arrested, is there a police officer or a security guard that can bring me from here to there? No, we're understaffed today, sir. We can't do that. Is there a staff member whose shift is done that can bring me from here to the end of the freeway and I will walk the rest of the way? No, we can't do that, sir. So I'm stuck. Eventually, we find a cab driver I like plead my life over this man. I say, I promise I'm going to pay you. He comes, he agrees. So I'm standing at the gate waiting for this guy to arrive with no way to contact him because the cell tower is overloaded and I'm just waiting and I'm scared. Like I'm anxious and I'm stressed out. And in that moment, Holy Spirit whispers to me what I had recently been learning about, what I had recently been reading, that Paul and Silas were imprisoned and in chains and they began to praise God with thanksgiving. I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. You got to be kidding me. Like, do you, you understand? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're the apostles. Like, I'm just, I'm waiting for a cab. I don't know if he's going to show up. He just gently nudged me. I said, okay. I'm going to choose right now to praise you. And so for 20 minutes, I was that guy sitting at the front of Cedar Point just singing worship songs to God as strangers are walking by and looking at me funny out of the corner of the eye, thinking like, what's this guy doing, right? Eventually, the cab arrives, and I just think, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, in this moment of beginning to praise him, I began to experience that, just what we were talking about earlier, the peace of God that transcends understanding. Now, I know I wasn't in prison, but I was stuck, and I was anxious about it, and I was nervous, and I was stressed, and I didn't know what to do. In spite of all of that, I began to feel peace, the peace of God that transcends understanding. My cab arrives. I get in the cab, I think, man, the journey is over. Thank you, Jesus. But it wasn't. It wasn't. And, you know, like, the cab doesn't take, uh, the cab only takes cash. He doesn't take credit or debit. So we're trying to find a bank that's open on a Saturday night to go and get a cash advance. Eventually, we figure the whole thing out. But in the process of hanging out with this cab driver for much longer than I expected to hang out with him, I just felt encouraged by the Spirit to to ask some probing questions. Just ask this cab driver about himself and his story. And I came to learn that his story was incredibly sad. That he was a man of color that had come from another area of the country where he had experienced a significant amount of racism. And for the course of his life, people told him that he was less than human because of the color of his skin, and he had come to believe it. And I said to him, I don't know where this lands for you, sir. I don't know 
I don't know what you believe about this, but, but first, I, I'd like to apologize on behalf of those people that said those things, because they were wrong. It wasn't okay for them to do that. They did it, I'm sorry. But I'm a Christian, and I believe that, that God is actually talking to me right now, and He wants me to share something with you that, about how He feels about you. He said, those things that they said, they, those are lies. The truth is that God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, He created you, and He loves you, and He knit you together in your mother's womb. And let me tell you everything that He thinks about you today. And by the end of our cab ride, He was asking me to pray for Him. You know, in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of all the things that life will and does throw at us, we can experience the peace that transcends understanding. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How many people here have ever stubbed their toe getting out of bed at night trying to go to the bathroom? Maybe your kids left something in the hallway and you step on the Lego and it's terrible. It's terrible. What do you do? You turn on the light. And light dispels darkness, and you're able to see where you're going. Jesus tells us this story in the book of Luke, chapter 15, about a woman who has ten coins, but she's lost one of them. And so she turns on her lamp, and she searches the house. She sweeps every corner until she finds it. And maybe some of us have lost something, that we've lost a relationship, an investment, a friendship, maybe our health, our faith. Maybe some of us are carrying some sort of burden or question that we just wish somebody who had a bigger perspective would speak into our life so that we wouldn't have to carry that burden ourselves, but we could experience some peace. And Jesus says when you lose something valuable, when you're carrying something hard, light the lamp. Go to the Word Ask, what does the Bible say about this? And in spite of discouragement, in spite of grief, the answer is in God's Word. And He will provide comfort and restoration and guidance and hope. He will speak to you. He will light the path. James chapter 1, verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you could have God speak into any area of your life this morning, what would it be? He will. Just like Joshua, if you commit to reading his word with intentionality, with regularity, and strategy, you will hear his voice and experience peace. We pray together. Father God, we thank you that your word is alive and that it's active. That it is an instruction manual, but it's not just an instruction manual. It's got a 1-800 helpline where we can call out to you and you will speak to us through your word. So, Father God, I pray this morning that we would commit and purpose in our hearts to pour over your word. Father, I just dispel any lies this morning that say that that's a burden and replace it with the truth that that's a privilege and that it's exciting. 
And the more we do it, the more appetite that we have that, that is encouraged to grow and is supersized within us for what you have to say about us. God, change our perspective from how little do we need to how much can we get. How much revelation and transformation and peace can we access through your voice? So, Father God, speak to us clearly today through your word as we go from this place on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, God. Continue to speak to us through your word. And may we be a people that loves your word, that pours over your word, that hears your voice so clearly through your word that we would experience the peace of God that transcends understanding, and that would be a witness to many people about your power, your kindness, and your love for us. So I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, just want to encourage you to take some time. Perhaps you have never done that before. But to commit tonight, before you go to bed, tomorrow when you wake up, before you continue your day, to pour yourself over the word and allow that flame of passion to be fanned by Holy Spirit, and he will speak to you, and the more you do it, the more you will hear, the more you will understand, the more you will perceive, and the peace that you experience will overwhelm you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week, and uh, be blessed as you go. Why don't you give somebody a high five? Tell them they look awesome.